Welcome to Four Season Podcast. I'm Mary. I'm Courtney. I'm Dami. We are three sisters. We are sisters connected by blood and by marriage. And this podcast is a space we wanted to create as we process what is true for us individually in each season of our lives. Hello everyone, Mary here. I felt like it would be good for me to jump in and give a little context for episode four of Four Season Podcast. This episode is in the spirit of us wanting to create space for each of us to lead a conversation around a topic that's relevant to the season of life that we are currently in. Courtney, our lovely sister, will be the first to lead a conversation that is centered around a topic that was near and dear to her, which is what does it mean to not only heal, but also thrive after experiencing trauma or while you are unpacking the trauma you've experienced? So what does it mean to live a life that is thriving for you? She is so great and courageous in leading this conversation for us, but we all felt it was important to give some clear trigger warnings. The content is going to be a bit sensitive. We're going to touch on sexual, physical abuse, disordered eating, and things of that nature. So as you listen, please, please, please take care of yourself. We hope that it's helpful, but we also um, don't want it to be harmful if you're not in a space to receive. So if you feel like you should return when you're ready, I promise you the episode will be here and we can't wait to go through the content with you when you return. Finally, we decided to begin this episode a little different than usual. As we were editing, we caught a moment, a genuine glimpse into our sisterhood that we wanted to showcase with you all. This is a moment in which Courtney was processing the emotions she was experiencing throughout the day as she was anticipating us having this big conversation. And although it is brief, we felt that it could be beneficial to offer this moment as maybe not an example, but the proof that healed, safe, honest sisterhood is real. And although it wasn't easy, we have worked towards that. We are experiencing the fruit of it and we are so happy to share it with you. That's what we're gonna pick up from today. Hope y'all get something good out of it. Enjoy. I was just protective. Now I'm so open, like in my marriage, like I know one of the topics that I was gonna talk about in my marriage or for my marriage, it's it's very, I'm so- emotional. Raw? Yes. And mm-hmm. like it's, well, I'm about well, that's to a good cry. thing. No, I'm about to cry already. what can we do to support you because really it's more so just I feel like the outcome of tonight is not on you it's just you know you are you are you just setting the tone like you're doing right now so I feel like the tone has been set what else could we do I don't know what could we what else could we do I think I just need to talk about it yeah I'm gonna just I'm gonna just let it flow but you got this trust yourself this is this is your time to shine. Mm-hmm. It is. Walk into it. Come on now. Mm-hmm. Hey, 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 hey. Hey, 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 my God, my God, my God. I no, I'm, I'm serious. Like, seriously, don't be afraid of that. Like, embrace all the emotions and whatever happens, happens. Good, yes. bad, ugly. Like, just let it be. And, like, that's a part of the journey as well. So, like, embrace it. Don't fight it. 
is there is no right or wrong to it. So mm-hmm. <clears throat> you got it. Well, welcome back to Four Season Podcast. Hi, sisters. Hello. Hi, Mary. Mm-hmm. Listen, we all episode. I think this is technically went. This is technically episode four. Um, because oh, it's four. Wow. We made a two-parter, and oh, okay. uh, and so this is ep- this is episode four. Um, how y'all feeling? Where we at tonight? <laughs> I feel good. Uh, <laughs> now we've been drinking hundred <laughs> percent. Oh, I feel good. <laughs> but I was like, that, I was mm-hmm. intentionally rested today. I was well, like. Like Sean ain't got no activities. Timmy ain't got no activities. We're not going mm-hmm. in here. We're not doing anything. Mm-hmm. Nothing. So literally, it was just lazy. I forced myself to be mindful mm-hmm. to be like, okay, when well, my child is jumping on me, do I like really, <laughs> really try and like capture this moment in time? We went for a walk around the block, which mm-hmm. I normally don't do. I don't. I don't do outside. It is not mm-hmm. my vibe. So we did that and, you know, lunch, snaps. Okay. It was, it was really good. So I feel really refreshed. I had some pho for dinner. Mm-hmm. Mm. Got my little drink drink. So I'm feeling okay, good. Okay, drink drink. What you drinking on? That's what I want to know. What's you know, y'all going to laugh at me. Let me think. <laughs> it better not be no for a little girl. First of all, I didn't know they had bartending. <laughs> tell you. There's a school for bartending, which I did not attend. So this tonight, I decided to throw some orange juice, some sangria, and a little bit of Jack. <laughs> <laughs> Mary's face. That looks good. I mean, that sounds disgusting. I'm sorry. <laughs> that means you know that Nappy like, don't drink because when you're like, what you drinking, girl? She'll be like, oh, let me tell you, I got a splash of cranberry juice. <laughs> Some water for Sprite. I'm like, I'm worth the alcohol. Oh, yeah. I was like, got some Chardonnay. Like, what? Like, this don't make no sense. Oh, my gosh. Anyways, I love it for you. I love this because you're really living into this season. She said, oh, we drinking this house now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the new, that's the new vibe. New vibe. Courtney, what's going on with you? You know what? Um, I'm emotional today. Mm-hmm. I'm emotional. But other than that, I'm good. It's I've been on fall break, y'all, all week. Come on. Ooh. I've been able to rest. Um, and I feel I feel good. Just emotional. But I'm, I'm very excited about tonight. Probably so. emotional because them kids being getting on your nerves. Girl, listen. <laughs> let me tell you about them kids. I, I told them today, <laughs> taking a nap. Y'all on your own. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm good. I'm good. Mary, how you doing? How you feeling? Child. Ooh, we got to talk after this thing. Stop recording. Uh, I called Dami earlier today. First of all, Dami's child always be making call through his content, <laughs> which is like her child is uh three years old. He three or four? He's yes, three. he's three. He's and three. he called through the contact list. I'm on the list. And first of all, he yeah. called me in a business professional outfit. <laughs> Don't be coming for him. Dami he loves his button-up shirts. Dami's doing this progressive parenting thing, so he pick out his outfits, and I love that bit. <laughs> <laughs> that man had on a flat button-up shirt, plaid <laughs> shorts, a different pattern, and one Spider-Man Oh my goodness. And he was, but the best part was he was so proud. I love that. Yes. He was so proud. 
Oh, I'm crying right now. Woo! <laughs> getting me through. Let me tell you what. But anyways, um, no, I've been having so, so much fun, y'all. Um, <laughs> I, I, I expanded my uh, dating horizons. It was a different conversation, but <clears throat> on apps to 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 men who are significantly older than me. And let me tell you what, <laughs> it is. Looking good. <laughs> okay. So it's a new experience. Mm-hmm. You know, it's very different. You know, people mm-hmm. like, it's just very different. It's really, it's been fun. So um, that's what I got going on. But I just feel a little, um, I just like I got a lot to do, but I'm just like, oh, I'm in Austin finally. Like, I kind of just want to, you know, I want to have fun. So I'm trying to keep myself focused to be on track. Yeah. But other than that, I feel good. I've been doing good opening section of the podcast is called true or false we spend a moment even though we don't be all in the streets trying to look at what everybody else is doing we be on instagram every now and then there's a lot of social culture and norms that are interesting and some of the stuff maybe we don't really fuck with so true or false is a time where we kind of just say is what's happening around us true or false to us so i think dami had um dami you had one Okay, um, here is one that I have for you guys. I've been thinking about this, and I might be outcast from my community from saying oh this, but I do not care because I stand strongly by what I feel. Mm. True or false, Jellof Rice is overrated. I go first. True. <laughs> <laughs> Jellof Rice is overrated. Like, if I oh, Jellof Rice, yeah, okay, sure, but like that is, you got to move with the times. The trend now is coconut rice. Coconut rice is where it is. That's where we're moving to. Like, that can be, like, the new staple of the culture. It ain't all it got to be jello rice. And everybody jello rice don't even be popping like that anymore. Like, it's a Mm. thing of the past. Like, we're in 2022. Mm. And you guys just need to upgrade your palates. That's what I feel. Wow, that's loaded. Let me say this. Um, (laughs) Once again, I want to give a disclaimer about having my sister. Don't come for her. Because if my homegirl fight, then we all gonna fight. Hey. Don't do it. So no, I feel like Jello Fries will forever. Okay, let me say this. I agree that Jello Fries is overrated. Jello Fries is overrated. I feel like it will forever be overrated, especially right now because growing up, people was not trying to mess with us African kids. They was calling That's us true. African booty scratchers. They was saying all this. Rap- <laughs> <laughs> that was. <laughs> They would say all this random stuff to us. Nobody liked us, dark-skinned women. And now it's trendy. Everybody wants to listen to Burna Boy. Everybody wants to play, you know, do an African dance on their reels and TikTok. So now it's like a new wave of people just got on Jello Price. You get what I'm saying? So I feel like they're just now like, oh, yeah, I had African food. And they just want to have a cultural experience. But Junior's just like, oh, my God, I've had Jello Price. That's all we could have. We want to make McDonald's. <laughs> we had so I definitely feel like it's overrated. I feel like though too, like, but only people who really act like that are not really, in my opinion, are not really African. <laughs> They're like the Courtney. <laughs> no, I feel like the people who I feel like the conversation come up with like people who find out you're oh you're Nigerian. Oh, they all be talking about they like or they be like oh I'm, I'm sad to say it but that Ghanaian jello fries be so good. I be like okay. <laughs> All right, y'all can have it. Send me some, I guess. Anyway, so yeah, I think it is a little bit operated, but it will forever be. I mean, it's a staple to the culture. So I don't think we should 
you know, Dami's like, toss it all out. I was like, damn, Dami can't have none at Thanksgiving. Toss <laughs> it. You know, we, we, Good we gotta let it go. No. Courtney, what you think? Listen, I really feel like I can't even tap into this because this- Of course thing, you I can. Think, I don't feel like it's overrated because <laughs> it's so fresh to me. Like, it's new. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I love it. Like, I, I eat it every time I'm at y'all house. I ain't got no problem with it. I mean, <laughs> it was, we were raised on white rice and butter. So, <laughs> hey, I remember that stuff. Too. I remember that. Yes, remember with that some too. gravy and salt and peppers. So when I get jollof rice, I'm excited because it's different. It's peppers, it's tomatoes, it's spicy. So I'm just like, yeah, give me that because it's not plain, basic white rice. So I, I that's love good. It. That's fair. I go for that. I go for that. All right. That was good. That was good intersectionality there. I like that when we did that. Our culture can. Okay. Anybody else be good? I think yeah. Yeah. Sounds good to me. Beautiful. Well, I love our true or false sections. Our topic for tonight is going to be kind of around hold up. What's our topic? Thriving. Healing. It's called healing and thriving. Healing and thriving. Uh, Tonight, um, our sister Coco is going to kind of inspire uh, our our talk and kind of help us get started in processing some things and sharing what where we are with this topic. So Coco, yes, you ma'am. got it, girl. All right, guys. So um, tonight we're just going to kind of explore our traumas and we're going to get just a little bit or deeply um, under the surface. So I do want to point out or just give you guys the courtesy of letting you guys know that this could be a trigger warning for some people. So let me just put that out there now. Um, but I do want to start off talking about my personal trauma. And then we can go around and we can share whatever you guys would like to share. Um, so for me, I um, experienced childhood trauma through molestation. That started at the age of nine for me, and it carried on until I was about 14 or 15. Um, and so, so for me, um, my trauma impacted many, many levels in my life. Um, my marriage, my children, my social life, um, my spiritual life, and um, where I am today, it's it's a beautiful blossom. I can just remember dealing with my trauma, and um, I guess I guess um, accepting it in a different way. And years later, now at this age, it, I'm just a whole different person. So I did want to tap in with everybody. Um, and see what you guys want to offer, what you want to share about your trauma and your experience and how it has impacted your life and how you guys are thriving today. So if you guys, whoever wants to share their their trauma, you guys can take the floor. Dami, you want to rock, paper, scissors? Yes, let's go. Ready? <laughs> rock, rock, paper, scissors. Shoot. You cheated. I got scissors. If I did scissors too. No, you didn't. You yes, did I did. This I is can't why see. We, hold no, your finger did this, to us. this is my trauma. Let me go. <laughs> let, me, let me go. This is my childhood playing out on screen. Y'all always used to cheat me. You and I. Whatever. Whatever. Um, I'm going to go. Uh, Courtney, I love you. Oh, I do love y'all. I do love you. And I just, I feel like it, it's actually so. Let me give y'all some context. Courtney, we was sitting over here playing this little podcast and we we're trying to figure out where to go with things. And we kind of each decided what is something that maybe we could speak on. And Courtney talked about the importance of thriving for her. And I feel like you always have carried this desire to reach a point of thriving. And I think that's why, and like we talked about in our last episode, 
how that affected each of us personally. So I think it was so great that you went first. <laughs> and I just appreciate sharing. <laughs> I guess what I want to offer is, man, how much, I think that there's different instances that I hold, um, th- that I come back to in my healing process. Mm-hmm. That I realized that these are really deep-seated experiences, dramatic experiences for me. Um, and but I also have been holding like that they're all connected in a way if that makes any sense it's yes. like strange as I heal I realize oh this this is impacted by this and my counselor one of my counselors used to say well many of our um most of our issues have many roots and so I think some of the roots that prominent roots in my life number one um I think would be kind of my my family <laughs> um i think the the separation and like remarrying of parents situation and how that impacted my siblings i think all of that family trauma is like at a core of of who i am and i constantly am unpacking my issues with intimacy because of i don't think i had the strongest foundation with that the next thing on top of a bigger picture of a struggle with intimacy and not just in like a sexual sense, but like the idea of emotional connection and vulnerability, all that stuff that uh, sexuality would flow out of um, is the experience of sexual abuse when I was very, 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 very young. And so those happened around the same time, this kind of family changes with my dad and all that stuff. And then this experience of abuse. So I think all of those, those two things are when I go through my healing. Um, I've had a lot of counselors and every time I think I'm coming back for a new thing and (laughs) we go back to the same thing. So I think those are two big roots that I spend a lot of time working on. And so, yeah. Okay, Dami, go ahead. Hello, sisters. Um, Thank you so much for the opportunity to speak on trauma. Um, I have not ever in any setting shared my experience, um, traumatic experience, I think outside of my family, which was recent in 2020. So this is big. This is huge for me. And I think prior to this Um, I knew this was coming when we planned it. And I was nervous because I also am um, a professional, you know, as always like, oh, but I'm a therapist. I'm blah, 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 blah. But I'm recognizing and realizing um, my success now is really based upon or in my authenticity of self and sharing my story. So I think that, uh, and I'm speaking, and I have to say this and verbalize this because I'm speaking to that intrusive thought in my head. Sharing my story is actually empowering and allows people to connect with me. And it's not a reflection of like me and you know my journey or whatever the case may be. So I just wanna frame that. And that was just for me to set the tone for myself. Um, so for me, I experienced a lot of trauma as a child um, and I was sexually molested, abused between the ages of eight and 11. Um, I was also emotionally abused by my uh, perpetrator, I guess you could say. And I would say low-key physical abuse, right? I think in Nigerian culture, there are ways in which uh, Nigerians discipline their kids to where it's a bit extreme. I remember there were times where I would have to get on my knees and there's encyclopedias on both hands and I would stand there for long periods of time. 
or I would get on my knees and I face the wall and I'm, and I have to keep my hands up for a long period of time, or I have to stand on one foot, put one hand on my nose and one hand up in the, um, on my toes and like point, um, and balance. So, so to speak, uh, we call it stooling down. If you love that descent and culture, Nigerian culture, you understand that's traumatic when it comes from your perpetrator. That is very, very traumatic. Um, even, uh, getting whipped, you know, with the belt or hand or whatever the case may be. Like those were my experiences. So physical, emotional, and sexual abuse, um, in those ages. And I think, uh, Coco, it's funny because you asked like what areas of your life it impact. If you would have asked me this three years ago, I was like, none, it didn't impact none of my life. What do you mean? I'm thriving. I went to school. I graduated. I thrived in school. I was, you know, top seven. I had all the accolades. I, you know, danced. I was captain. I cheered. I did all the things that to be done. Like I, you couldn't tell me nothing. So I'm recognizing that I dissociated a lot. And for those of you who don't know what dissociation means, it's just simply I escaped my reality um, in an unhealthy way in order to function every day. Um, so I disconnect from memories. I detach my body because I continue to have a relationship with my um, perpetrator. Um, I continue to engage in, in that way, in that capacity. And I think my body, in order to survive or function, I dissociate it. I don't well, 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 you know, that's the thing. And also, you know, in a previous podcast episode, I spoke about family systems theory and the roles we play. I also was the hero in the family. So I was the brand of the family. I felt like I had to protect everybody in the family and protect everybody's emotion. So there's a bit of codependency happening now that I reflected and did that. But I've only come to do this work in understanding how it really impacted me since 2020, right? 2020 is a curse and a blessing in itself. <laughs> so it's, it's all new for me. Um, as I'm still thriving. So yeah, that's me. Wow. Well, listen, I want to thank both of you guys for, for sharing. I, I, I hope that, that someone can connect with that. I'm pretty sure someone will. So I really appreciate it. I did want to, um, kind of share how it has impacted me as far as, um, my marriage life, because Dami, you said something that, resonated with me so you talked about like math like masking and not and not being connected being disconnected um and i had no idea how my trauma had impacted me um in my marriage so <laughs> i married my husband and um i had not gone through any type of like trauma therapy you know so i'm fairy tale wedding, happily married, happy ever after, um, and didn't realize that how much it was not like that for real until I started going through um, trauma therapy, right? So you go through marriage counseling and um, it's just not the same as, as, as trauma therapy. So I didn't realize how um, secluded I was, how afraid I was to actually allow my husband to love me I didn't know how tall or thick the wall was that I had built um, in my marriage until I actually started to to go to trauma therapy. Um, I don't think it was until after I had children that I realized how deeply impacted my trauma 
was in my life and in my marriage and as a mother. Um, and, I, <laughs> and I told my sisters earlier today that I'm so emotional because dealing with my trauma back in 2020, I think I dealt with it from a standpoint of like defense and um, not really being open, protecting myself and my feelings. But talking about it today, um, I'm emotional. We talked about how, what it means to actually thrive. You guys, I'm so sorry. We have to Don't you apologize, girl. Go ahead, girl. Don't you apologize. Not at all. This this your moment. Walk in it, sis. And let me just be be clear. These are not tears mm -hmm. of like sadness. I'm not sad. Mm -hmm. Um, one of the questions that I had was, what exactly does thriving look like to you, right? And how do you know you've reached it? <clears throat> and so for me, um this is how I know that I am thriving because I'm allowing myself to be vulnerable. Wow. I can cry. Yeah. Um, listen, nobody would ever catch me shedding a tear. Like <laughs> I was taught to always be really strong and be really, um, I guess just wear the mask of protecting my emotions. I never knew how to be connected emotionally and so this is what thriving looks like and it feels like for me and um also what thriving looks like in my marriage is to see both my husband and I on the same page growing and understanding um our traumas for a long time um my husband didn't even know my story I didn't share it with him before we got married um and so um the wall that I had built in our marriage, he didn't understand where it came from. You know, he didn't, he didn't understand um, why I was so cold or why I was so turned off or why I wouldn't allow him to touch me sometimes. And I didn't understand it because I wasn't going through, through any type of therapy. But now I can honestly say that we are both thriving together because we get it. We've worked through so much together. Um, we've, we've, we've talked, we've grown um, and we're in such a healthy place compared to where we were, um, you know, when we first got married. So, um, yeah, so this is how I know that I'm thriving today because I'm open, I'm emotional, I can cry. Um, my husband can can hold me while I cry. He gives me, he, he helps me feel safe. Um, I can remember giving birth to my children and wouldn't even cry. I, I was afraid to cry, but he makes me feel safe enough to cry in front of him. And he'll ask me, baby, do you need to cry? are you upset like do you want me to hold you or you want me to give you your space and so now I can say yeah I just need you to hold me so I can cry and that's how I know that we have moved into um a place of, of thriving I know I took a turn with that and so if you guys want to piggyback off of how you guys are thriving and what that looks like to you um how do you know that you've reached that place that safe place that that place of thriving I would love to hear it Ooh, I'm oh, child. That was my heart feels so many things. <laughs> oh, my heart feels so many things. I just want to read. I just can we just point out the fact that she said this is how I know I'm thriving because I can cry. Isn't doesn't that feel so counterintuitive to a person that's experienced severe trauma? 
mm-hmm. that to, to be in a position of seeming weakness is actually mm-hmm. strength that I'm able to be here and it's feeling that like I'm thriving because I can feel all this array of emotions but as a survivor like surviving severe trauma you had to not feel you couldn't I mean for me personally anyways it's too, it's too many emotions like I'm talking about dissociating like that's a survival tactic so to say like actually I'm thriving I can experience these things that is I mean that would have been three four years ago that would have been mind-blowing for me to hear that so I, I hope whoever needs to hear that message hears it but I'm gonna let Dami go you ready Dami? I mean I guess Damn. okay go for it go for it I would say I'm vibing and rocking okay so what does it mean to thrive I think like I think thrive, healing, those are some buzzwords. So I think like I need to put definitions so you can understand where I'm coming from. Thrive to me means growing and developing very well, right? I'm recovering, but it doesn't mean um, that, um, let's see, it's like giving me ability to live in my present without being overwhelmed by the thoughts and feelings of my past. Like that's really what healing means to me and thriving means to me my biggest focus on thriving right now is I am reparenting while parenting. I have two kids, two boys of a three-year-old and a 14 month old. And yes, I'm providing my inner child, um, the things that I felt like I lacked, um, that I did not get from my parents while growing up, but I'm also like a parent in that moment. So being able to process my baggage, my things, and allowing it to not have control over me so that I can be in the moment, mindful with my kids and provide them the best skills in leg and foot up so that they can be healed individuals. Like that's what it is for me. It's about breaking that generational curse, that trauma, um, so that my kids don't have to experience that. And I believe parents are the biggest influencer on their kids. They absolutely are. And my thriving for me is urgent while I'm not rushing it, but it's urgent because my, my three-year-old is growing. And I think about how I knew when I'm thriving, Courtney talks about, you know, for her, it's when she can cry. For me, it's when I had a, two days ago, or what's today, Saturday, Friday or Thursday morning, I took my son to school and, you know, in the mornings we have our routine and he was just playing jumping on the bed I'm a cowboy like just like out here wilding and I'm like show get what are you supposed to be doing get to where you're supposed to be you know and so I'm kind of like yelling you know kind of like my tone is a little elevated I'm annoyed I was like you are annoying me why are you talking and I was like stop talking he said stop talking to me I was like well fine then or whatever and we're in the car now I finally got him in the car when I drive we drop off his brother we're on the way back and he says mommy I'm so sorry I said I'm sorry for I'm sorry for talking too much and I was like you know Sean no it's not your fault like mommy should not have been annoyed with you earlier it's not your fault at all I was just really just frustrated and I should have took a breath but I didn't do that you didn't do anything wrong. He's like, okay, mommy, I'll, I'll make sure next time I don't play, play around a lot. I'll make sure that I, I listen really quickly. I, I shouldn't, I was, I should not have been a cowboy. I should listen. I was like, yeah, that's true. He said, okay, I won't do it again. I was like, no, no, it's not about doing it again. I said, we're both going to try. Like, we're both going to try to make sure 
that in the morning that we do what we're supposed to do. He's okay, mommy. I said, do you forgive me? So yes, I do. And I'm driving. So I reach back here and I hold his hand. And in that moment, I'm like, wow, what a blessing, what a privilege that my child, my three-year-old, right, can see something in me, because that's how I know I'm thriving, to know that my mom is safe. I can come to her. I can provide her feedback. I can express my feelings and emotions with her. She is safe with me. She sees me. And together, she and I are going to work this thing out, right? Because parenting for me is not about being perfect, but being authentic. I'm a mess up. I'm a fuck some shit up. I really am. However, my child knows like I, I'm going to apologize and I'm going to rectify it and I'm not below above that. I can specifically remember times growing up where I said, mommy, you're never there for me. And I would, she slapped me. Don't you ever say that again, right? <laughs> but that is thriving. That's how I know that I'm on my way because I'm being present in the moment. I'm, I'm, um, I don't get it right, but I'm regulating, I'm co-regulating. I'm being in touch with my feelings and my emotions and I'm showing that to my child and he feels safe with me you know, to see that. Right. And I think that's wonderful. I mean, another experience, and Mary, you can edit this out because I'm being long if you need to, but another experience I can remember is like, we're doing bedtime routine and I finished getting my bath. I'm giving a towel. He said, mommy, I pushed somebody down the stairs today. I said, oh, you did. (laughs) (laughs) I said, oh, you did. I said, okay, well, what happened? Did you, did you have to reset? And that's like, you know, the way of like, uh, you know, time out, quote unquote. So yeah, I reset. I, I had to apologize. I told her I was sorry and we played together. And I said, okay, well, great. Well, have a good night. And that was it. But I was like, wow, like he doesn't, he feels like I'm safe to tell me him at his lowest. That's his low moment. I pushed somebody down the stairs today because he's working on his anger and he felt safe enough to tell me that I'm going to respond in a manner that is not going to judge him, that is not going to like come at him um, you know, crazy is going to hear what you have to say. And like, he had this, uh, consequences and like, okay, thank you for letting me know. Have a good night, baby. That is thriving. That's what it is. So I know I'm thriving when my kids are reflecting what it is that I'm doing. That's good. That's good. I like that. Um, and <laughs> here I am over here sitting here getting emotional again, because I think about my own children and, um, and in that moment of frustration and being annoyed. And um, like you said, you're well, for me, I'm, I'm unlearning how I was parented and trying to be a better parent to my children. So it's a it's like a battle for me every day because there's no rule book on how to parent. You know, you 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 just kind of have inherited what you were taught um, as a child from your parents. So being annoyed with my kids, sometimes I have to catch myself too. It's re- it's very easy to <laughs> to be annoyed and they feel that. But my husband and I, we do work hard to try to break what we've learned because it has been unhealthy. And we've walked mm-hmm. in that for a really long time. Mm-hmm. And um, <clears throat> we always want our children to feel safe with us. Um, sometimes mm-hmm. even tell us a lot of stuff. I'm just like, girl. But uh, <laughs> I'm glad you told me. I think it's like you said, she had a boyfriend. She had a boyfriend last year. And you know, I'm Daddy was on her head, but um, I'm <laughs> glad that she could tell us that she thought she had a little boyfriend. She ain't got a boyfriend no more. She switched schools. But um, <laughs> <laughs> Eden didn't just have boyfriends. She was taking boyfriends. Girl, a little girl told me she got married doing centers. You got married doing centers. Girl. But, you know, but it also makes me smile that 
she sees love from her parents. So when mm. she feels like she likes somebody, <laughs> she's gonna love them. Like that's just what she knows. So that tells me also that I'm thriving or we're thriving as parents in that area because we're showing her what it looks like to love, what it looks like to be affectionate and <laughs> what her marriage looks like. She shows it during centers. So I think that's beautiful. All right. So Mary, I wanted to talk to you about your dating and <laughs> if you if you want to jump down that aisle, you can. Like, what's like, yeah. <laughs> oh Lord, you know what? It's funny because I I feel like you all are in a season of life where because you have partners and you have kids, there's constant friction. So you're you're having more opportunities to have like a reflection, a mirror, like a what's going, what's happening inside of you, how you're growing, all that stuff. I don't get those. I have to kind of create those experiences mm-hmm. um, and be intentional about it. And so, uh, yeah, I think dating is one of those ways where I get to see what's really going on inside of me and where I am in a lot of my, um, in my healing. It's interesting because I've had several counselors um, I got my first counselor when I was like 20, 23. Um, I, but it, every time I've re-entered counseling, except for this last time um, in recent months, but every time I've re-entered counseling, it's been right after a breakup. <laughs> it's been right after like some type of um, something with somebody's son, because <laughs> for some reason, um, that is the area where I can, where I'm activated where like I could actually be like oh maybe something's off that's kind of um my relationship with healing and dating it's like they kind of go hand in hand I want to I want to start off with like Diamond talked about definitions and I was trying to think according to like what thriving looks like for y'all I feel like for me right now I feel like right now I'm thriving And I think the reason I feel like I am is because I don't feel, it's two things. One, I don't feel overcome by trauma, by like the weight of the feeling of my trauma. Like I can live day to day. And if I have a bad day, like it was a bad day. Like, and, or if I'm, if I have a moment where something triggers me, I'm like, Ooh, this is all. Where's that coming from? And then I process that and I can go forward. And that is a foreign thing to like 23 year old me. I wouldn't have thought that that was impossible. I think around age 25 or 26, I felt like, man, I was really angry because I felt like it was unfair that a lot of stuff that I was dealing with were things that I didn't choose. It was things that y'all were talking about parenting and raising your kids. It's things that either because of someone's parenting or someone's lack of parenting, I was exposed to or happened to me or whatever. Um, or I inherited so it was just unfair it just feels it felt very unfair and I was very frustrated because I felt like you know what it's going to be the rest of my life (laughs) having to deal with this stuff um and so to be where I am now at 28 saying yeah I see that I will probably spend my life revisiting some of these topics but like there's more than just that there's more than just like the weight of my trauma and um, that feels like, oh, that feels good. That feels like thriving. That feels like, and then I think, so that's the first thing. The other thing is I feel like I'm living my life awake. And by that, I mean, there are some, some things where when you've experienced 
Um, so I'm gonna rewind. I recently started counseling again. I had to change counselors because I changed jobs and insurance and all that jazz. And um, I really wanted to like go a more, like a heavy clinical route this time. I really wanted to go a real cl clinical route and like really get like a take a understand like take a lens have a lens on what my experience is from a more clinical perspective. And um, I never really like dug into like diagnoses of like things I experienced. And so we spent a lot of time doing assessments and processing that. And so part of that was understanding that I had some PTSD that I didn't understand that um, some depression and anxiety, which I knew, but I didn't understand at the level um, that I have an eating disorder that all these things are very connected and the process that we're kind of going through is unpacking the roots of all those things. But the reason I share all that is because I felt like all those things were had, had made me have certain um, instincts or habits that I used to think, you know, I'm choosing the life I want. I'm 23, 24, I'm doing all these things and I'm dating this person because I'm choosing them and I like them. No, actually I'm dating this person because they mimic patterns that I started between the ages of zero to three and, and zero to five. And it's, it's, it's just mimicking that behavior. It's not really having true ownership and understanding what's happening in my body and what choices I wanna make. And that's scary. It was when I dated somebody in 2019 and I had, it was, the relationship was so dodgy and it was so poor that I had friends writing me letters being like, please get out, please get out of this relationship. Okay. And at that point, when I finally got out, I was like, I dated that person. It was terrifying to me because I could have physically been in danger. Um, and like, I just couldn't, when I was in it, I couldn't see it. And I had so many of those instances happen to where, again, like I said, my daddy led me into counseling, but it showed me like, oh, I'm not, I think I'm like living this free life and like doing everything I want. I'm just following, there's this big message that I think there's some beauty to, but we need to unpack a little bit about like, follow your heart, follow your feelings. Well, my heart went through a lot, <laughs> you know? And so these feelings come from a lot. Some things that I think are instinct is really survival tactics that I don't have to live anymore because I'm not at, like there's not a constant threat um, so it's just, I think dating has helped me unpack a lot of those things. It's helped me, um, also <laughs> to be honest, disconnect <laughs> because I feel like one of the biggest things I had to read, um, to understand is that, um, I needed to have a, a new lease on healing and instead of it being like fixing, it was more of understanding, um, is this process is process of grieving and accepting you know accept the fact that I will never have a relationship with my mother that I wish to have that I will never have a mom that reached to the back seat and held hands with me on my way to daycare when I was and apologized to me just things like that I grieve still right now I'm grieving I will never have you know this idea of touch you know I was um sexually abused um five, six, seven years old in, during that time. And that was my first experience with touch. So um, with like in that way. And so, or other experiences were like, you know, get beat. <laughs> so all these really complicated 
experiences with touch, I never had the experience of a, of a father consoling you. So I know we be making fun. I make fun of like direct discipline his kids. Eden. <laughs> That's our brother direct. Daddy's on the phone. All right. I love you. All right. But it's like there is there's such a clear understanding of his presence and love for them that I've never will have. I never had it. I never will have. And I could watch, maybe I'll have a partner that I can create that for my kids, but like, that's not something that I would get in this life. So I think for me, um, I, ha- I have to understand that that's healing and that in itself is really a lot. And you see, take breaks sometimes. Goodness gracious. You get on Instagram and people are like, you know, I'm, this is my, this is my process. Every morning I journal. Every morning I meditate. I drink my tea by the window. Look at the stars. Like, okay. But <laughs> no, like, and that's good. It is good to have rhythms, but sometimes I have break. Goodness gracious. Mm-hmm. I just want to have experiences. And I think one of the biggest things that taught me that taking a break from inhaling journeys is good is when I had to leave my counselor in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. I hadn't dated that whole year because I was going through intense, I was doing something called E, it was it Diamond EMDR? EMDR, yeah. EMDR, y'all did that? Yes. No, I have not. Oh, I have. It's, it's intense. It's, so for people who don't know, it's <laughs> exactly that. It is a process, um, use, you use eye movements mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. process uh, some trauma that you had. So I used it, I know I've had other friends who experienced sexual assault, who their counselors did that with them after a few sessions it's exhausting it's very um it was effective because it's supposed to lessen the intensity of the experiences that you've had mm-hmm. um and I, I saw the 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 results of that but it was a lot I couldn't do anything for that year um like romantically so after that year I moved at the end of that year and I had to get a new counselor because she only practiced in Tennessee and I came to Texas and I thought oh my gosh I'm coming to this family that's gonna be we about to be kumbaya, and my family said, poof. I mean, that thing exploded. <laughs> so as I got here, I was terribly depressed. I was mm-hmm. so sad. It was just, it was really hard. I had no, I didn't have a job, really. I was just hustling with a couple side jobs. I was, this is when I was living with Dami. I was terrible to be around. It was really hard um, at that time, and I didn't have insurance, so I couldn't be in therapy at that time. Um, so my therapist was down me when I allowed her to be. And, <laughs> and, um, but I had to take a break from counseling and I just had to live. But what I realized was until I could get back in therapy, I had to use what I had gained from counseling. So it was almost like counseling was like this training ground for me to have these tools. And then I was able to re-enter and I realized, oh my gosh, like I can have this conversation. I remember Dami kind of sharing with me what she was going through as soon as I moved to Texas and kind of what she was getting ready to do as far as her own healing journey um, regarding her own like abuse story. But I could have that conversation or be there for her or with her in a way that I probably couldn't have years before because I had done my own work. Um, Or I could like go on dates and like pick people or that was the first time I realized, okay, I don't want to marry a youth pastor. (laughs) I went on a date with a guy and he was like, all the things, checked all the little little Christian man youth pastor boxes. And it was one of the worst days I've ever been on. It was terribly boring. And he was <laughs> super condescending. And I was like, what are we doing here? It was not pleasant. And I realized, oh, maybe I don't want this. But I wouldn't have had the capacity if I hadn't gone through healing and if I wouldn't have given my chance, myself the chance to breathe and try out some of those tools or methods that I had learned. I 
have learned how to show up as I am, to understand that in this body, the way that it looks as a plus size woman in this skin color, with my story, with all my experiences, I can have really solid dating like experiences on my terms without being ashamed or without having to apologize and without permission. Um, and that's been great. So yeah, that's what my dating life looks like right now. <laughs> that's right. Okay. So thank you for sharing all that, Mary. I really appreciate it. I had one more question. I know we kind of like close to time, but I had a question for like a serious question. Um, so while we're in this journey of healing and thriving, um, how do you guys navigate through your healing when the people around you are not <laughs> like what does that feel like to you like your closest family or your friends like if you're if you're healing and thriving and journeying and moving forward but you got people who you love dearly around you who are not how do y'all deal with that like i really want to know find new people no i'm joking <laughs> but that's that you always trying to scratch people out <laughs> let me tell you what that means what? She will recycle you. I'm telling you what. <laughs> um, I want to go. I'm gonna be short. Okay. I feel like uh, something I mentioned earlier is how I deal with it, which is grieving. It's. I think I have to grieve that as I go along and accept that. Understand grieving accept that people can't go everywhere with me. One of my closest friends, I mean, I love this girl. She was with me when mom got cancer, when dad died. She fed me in college. I was hungry, po, bro. I love her. She knows she is. And she um, can't, She, we don't have the same life experiences. Our backgrounds are not the same. So I would want to share with her, like, the boundaries I'm setting with family. But she has a very different philosophy for, for how to do family that they really conflict. And... Um, I've learned to accept that that's her journey that's, and this is mine. And as long as she can respect where, like, my decisions, as long as she can, as we are having conversations, like, echo back to me what I wanted, said I wanted for myself, then I feel comfortable being in, like, in a relationship and sharing those things with her. That's kind of, like, on a friend level is, like, accepting that, like, everybody can go everywhere with me. Some relationships will, like Dami said, go they just won't last because as I change the landscape of my relationships change then the other thing I think is with family I honestly don't know this is just a true I just don't, I don't have an answer for it and I think that's why I was like my answer short because I don't know like with me and my mom um <clears throat> there's definitely been like a change as I've gone through my healing I realized okay I have different standards for all relationships now and like even though culturally you feel like as a child you can't <laughs> you can't say certain things or set certain boundaries with parents. I actually can. And um, in doing that, there's going to be backlash. And um, that part is hard. And I don't know, I'm figuring out as I go along how to deal with it. Um, because unlike friends that you can cut out, I mean, you can cut out family, but they still, at the end of the day, that's my mom. That's my brother. That's my sister. And so I don't know. I'm figuring it out. But I think for me, it's been understanding, grieving, accepting as I go along. And I hold on close to those people who do get it. Um, you guys, Diary's not here, but, and like the best friend I mentioned, I think are my core. And as I've gotten older, I've been okay with accepting that three or four, shoot, that's good. <laughs> that's really good, like for me right now. And those people can get it. And if I can switch them out every now and then and share what I got going on, then I think, you know, I can get through. And um, yeah, so that's what I got. Which what, what yeah, for me, it's a lot of things. So I remember when I first initially 
um, decided that I was going to start this process and I had to share it with my family that I never knew at that time I was working and my, my demeanor shifted basically experienced like PTSD, went into depression and anxiety. So the way I showed up changed and shifted. So, um, it also told me I was doing a little bit too much in some of these relationships. So the relationships that did not make it <laughs> were the relationships, um, that, I was doing too much in, um, or I, I, maybe I didn't even notice it at that time. So, um, well, actually, let me back up. Skirt, 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 skirt. Mary scratch that. Don't do that. <laughs> I'm gonna start over. Okay. So for me, I think it's a couple of things in that question around how do I deal with it, or how do I operate when people around me are not are not doing the process, right? I think it depends on who the person is. So when I think about like my husband and my marriage, like my husband has his own set of trauma, his own set of things he has to work through. And I have to trust his process and his journey, right? He didn't rush me into mine. Like we've been, we, we, we funny enough, celebrated our nine years yesterday, even though it wasn't, it was two weeks ago, but we celebrated it yesterday. Uh, so we've been together for a very, very long time. And I just two years ago decided to like walk this journey, like with no pressure or, you know, push from him. So I'm trusting him um, on his journey. So I have to know, like, it's not about me, whether or not he engages or he doesn't. So my healing and my journey is not contingent upon somebody else coming along with me, right? So healing and thriving can be lonely in that aspect because you are on the journey yourself and you're focusing on creating strength for yourself. That's one aspect of it. Secondly, um, it, it depends. When I was going through my journey of healing, I understood who my community was and who they were not. I had a community of women who came and supported me because I also experienced some health issues where I had like a Singapore episode while I was pregnant. So I couldn't drive. I couldn't do a lot of things for myself. And there was a community of women who showed up for me, helped me tell, take me to places, help me with my kids or well kid. Cause it was only shown at that time um, that they were phenomenal. Helped me process, helped me um, cook, brought food to me. Like though that showed me who my friends were. That should show me too. be like, cause some people I thought were my friends, but they were just my Instagram friends. Cause I also got off social media too. And I was just like, Oh, like, it was just like an eye opener. Right. Like, um, even, um, on my workplace at my job, like I couldn't show up in the same capacity that I was. And I got a lot of pushback from, um, that boss that I had at that time. So I was like, Oh, this is not where it's at. Cause this is not what I need. So it showed me that. I also think that I learned how to communicate my needs and my wants and either I communicated verbally, like with family or quietly. And I just, you know, the quietly quitting concept, I'm just kind of like walking away. Um, but I, I had to understand my needs and wants in order to understand what boundaries I need to put in place with certain friendships. Right. So once I understood that and I'm setting a boundary, I then asked myself, like, is this something I need to verbally express or is this something that I can show through my actions? Because not every boundary needs to be like verb, like a verbal communication type of thing. So in doing that, it allowed me to adjust and assess. Right. But I think to be honest and try, quite transparent, there is a grief that happens. There's loss of expectations, loss of relationships. Um, I still think like, oh, man, I would never show up the way, or, or I would never have the relationship that I thought I would ever, forever have, like with my mom, right? Phenomenal woman, love her, but it's just not what I am doing currently for my kid. And that's because she ain't healing, right? Because as you heal, you're going to need, even as an adult child, right? I need a parent who is healing or healed. 
because otherwise you're not, you're not on my wavelength. You're not going to understand where I am and what I'm coming from and what I need. So I adjust my role, how I want to show up that not only like my mom, but my other, my other siblings in my family's life. So I had to adjust, accept things for what it is, like have radical acceptance and adjust how I show up in people's lives. And when I did that, my core shifted, my core crew shifted, and I found um, contentment in that. And yes, I do get sad, but I'm always reminding myself of like why I'm doing this, what's the purpose of this for? And like, I can't go back. Like I can only move forward from here. That's really good. Thank y'all. I um, <laughs> I think it's, it's amazing how like we all kind of say the same thing. Like we haven't talked about this before. So I really like how everything is aligned um, naturally. For me, um, it, it's hard sometimes to, to grow and thrive and heal and move forward. And the people around me are not because it does feel like a death. It feels like a death um, with people who are still alive. Like I still have to see them, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And um, <clears throat> and that hurts, but like you said, like both of you guys said, um, we have to remember the goal. And I have to give myself like, expectation management <laughs> like i have to I have to practice that because sometimes you 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 want people to react and and um act like you need them to and they don't and that can kind of like kill your goal um so i have to really put um or i have to really manage my expectations on other people while i am journeying um but i feel i feel okay with um leaving people where they are too i ain't got a problem with it Period. Skirt. Yeah, and that's one thing the culture's gonna Word. do. They're gonna say, "I don't care." <laughs> yeah, they got time. Right. My life already is it's it's busy, so I don't have time to just you know to wait. Or especially if um you're not trying. Like I, I really um, I really love to see people work like like work to do better. And if I see you trying, then I I I feel like Grace Grace can can be put forth there but anyway I'm, I'm rambling but okay guys so uh how y'all feel about tonight how, how are you feeling are y'all okay <laughs> i feel good. like i'm so proud of you coco yes <laughs> thank y'all i appreciate it because i was yeah i hope you I see mean, what we see I, I i hope it's great you know i i um i felt myself getting a little off and but but now as I'm coming back, it, it's it's so raw and authentic. And this is what I asked for while, while I do these mm. podcasts. And, you know, sometimes naturally I try to mask because that's just what I know how to do. But I'm so appreciative that you guys allowed me to just be and be free. And, um, and thank y'all. Thank y'all so much. <laughs> of we course, girl. <laughs> Did y'all want to leave the, the, the listeners with something before we... Exit this oh, a takeaway? Yeah. What y'all got? Mm, 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 mm. Let's see. Mm. I, I think I, I'm reminded that um, thriving will look different at different times in my life because you and you all were talking about thriving as like parents and in your marriage and you know, <clears throat> that's not like my season. And it, so it's gonna look different. And um, I, I feel like my takeaway is that vulnerability always um, 
when with the right people as a caveat but going taking the risk of being vulnerable it always like leaves you with the best feeling after i love y'all that's my takeaway you know, in the beginning, I mentioned how, you know, I've been a therapist for a very long time. And it's just, it's just recently that I decided to, like, dive deeper into my um, trauma and unpack that. Um, and it's, it's kind of never too late um, to look into your trauma. It's never too late to kind of unpack that no matter what age you are listening to this podcast, whether you're, you know, in your 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s. Like it's never too late and you can always change. You can always change. It's just a matter, matter of mindset um, in that. So if, if this is you and you're listening to it and that's something nudging away, then maybe that's an indication that maybe you need to seek out some services and do the work. everybody with this it is levels to this healing shit <laughs> don't be discouraged you know everybody's season looks different like we already said um, <clears throat> there's a season of um pruning there's a season of blooming there's a season of rain whatever your season looks like right now or your healing journey looks like right now just keep growing just know that there's a goal um and just keep going i'm proud of you Love y'all. Love, love you. We'll see y'all next week. Bye. Yes. Bye. Bye, guys.